Welcome into the first ever The Scout and the Sports Page. I am Paige Demakos here with longtime NFL scout coach, my my favorite person to talk to, that is Gary Horton. Gary, how you doing today? I'm doing great, Paige. It's a great start for us. Yeah, very, very excited for the first ever and our first guest, our first, our very first guest, a very special guest. This is the coach of the 1985 Bears. I think everybody knows who I'm talking about, and that is head coach Mike Dicka. Coach, how you doing today? I'm fine. I'm very good, actually. I'm, actually, I'm better than I should be. Oh, well, that's good to hear. That's, that, that is good to hear. All right, so we're going to start with Tom Brady just had his birthday, okay? He turns 40 years old. Why do you both see that quarterbacks are able to play now late into their 30s and even – like Tom Brady says, he wants to play into his mid-40s. Well, I'll give you my opinion. I mean, Tom Brady, if you look at him, you know, I think the quarterback position is played too. You've got to be in great shape to play, but you've got to have a great mind. I think they have great mind. They have great coaching. They have a great system, and they utilize their people properly. Uh, you don't ever see them take too many hits. Uh, the offensive line is one of the strengths of that football team, and Brady has a great unique ability. He has that that in the clock that tells him when that ball's got to come out. Now, yeah, he'll get hit once in a while, but I, you know, he he is probably he's one of the most amazing uh, players I've ever seen. Really, when I think about it, that whole organization, top to bottom, they do things right, and when you do them right, you usually get good results. Gary, yeah, and co- coach, we see so many of these three and five step drop passing games now, where the ball comes out quick and the. The pass rush really has no chance to get to the quarterback. And the other thing you and I have talked about before is these quarterbacks today know so much about nutrition, about off-season training, how to take care of their bodies. The quarterbacks probably back in your day didn't really understand. I mean, the nutrition thing now by Brady is almost legendary, how he trains himself and keeps his body in shape. Well, yeah, I think it's priorities. I don't think it was a priority back in my day. I really don't. I think guys played. They, you know, they did, their conditioning wasn't the best, and they did what they wanted to do. But you take a guy like, uh, you know, he, he's the epitome, the poster boy for doing things the right way. And that whole organization does it that way. And whether you like it or not, uh, they're going to be there for a long time. Let's let's stay on the Patriots. Why do, you, why do both of you, other than Tom Brady, why do you think – these guys continue to be great year in and year out and have had this continued success that we haven't really seen in the NFL before. Go ahead, They're the ultimate team. You think think about their offensive line. People don't talk about their offense, but it's very unbelievable. Defensive line. They they don't have a lot of guys that get a lot of notoriety outside of probably Brady and and Jankowski, but they they put people in the right places and they do the right things and they play a total team game. They leave no part of the game uncovered. Special teams, defense, offense, pass rush, pass protection, they do it all well. Not, you know, are there other teams that are comparable? Yes. But when you're in and you're out, I, you know, no matter whether you like the Patriots or you don't, you've got to look at it and say, wow, I mean, somebody ought to get a blueprint and copy this stuff because they're doing it the right way. And also... Evidently, their front office does a pretty good job in selecting the kind of players they want. Yeah, and another thing that players have told me, Coach, and in fact, I worked for Bill Belichick in Cleveland for a year, his game plans and his ability to scheme 
to beat opponents is legendary. Not only does he do it on a weekly basis, where he can he can come up with something one week where he's run oriented, pounds the ball. The next week he can go to empty sets and wide open. You never know how to prepare for him. And the other thing that his players rave about is his ability to make in-game adjustments. You see them so many times play and win games in the second half because they make those halftime adjustments. And I think they're the best in the league at that. Well, I, I, I agree with that 100% because, you know, you, I don't care what you do in football. If you go in with a game plan and that game plan isn't working, the defense is uh, the other team has done something that damn that uh, the game plan up. You've got to you got to be able to change. You have to be able to adjust on the move. And I think they do that so well. Like you said, you know, Bill, uh, Bill, this not his first rodeo. Coach, one of the things you said is, and I want to go back to that, is how come nobody has tried to copycat this? How come you guys, in both of your opinions, why have you seen nobody try and kind of copycat the Patriots' blueprint? Because we haven't seen anybody be able to go and do that. Well, I think I think one thing, you, people, I think, have tried, but I think they just can't do it. They don't have the same mind. you got to understand, you know, Brady and, and uh, Belichick have been together for so long. They have such a proven system. They know exactly what they're doing. They never waver from it. And I think other teams probably lose patience. They try something, it doesn't work, and so they move on. But you never see the Patriots deviate from that game plan. Well, you know, I think what you're saying, Gary, is 100%. You believe in your people. Your system works if you have the right people in the system, and they have the right people in their system. It doesn't matter what other people think. They, they, They do things as a team, as an organization. Everything they do is based on the team, not for an individual. Yeah, you're going to have the stars. Some guys are going to Brady special. Gronkowski um, special. There's a few other ones, but you look at the other things that they're just guys and they fit in. And Bill fits them into that offense and defense, and they play like heck. I mean, that, that's what it's all about. I mean, but everything they do is for the team. It's not about an individual. Yeah, and he, Belichick has said before, you don't have to be a complete player to play for him. If you have a specific skill, he's going to absolutely find it and he's going to pencil you into that role. And so a, a good player might only get 15 snaps a game as something that he's really good at, but Belichick is a genius at figuring out, hey, this is your strength, this is how I'll use you. One of the, one of the things that current NFL players complain about is the preseason. Do you guys think that the preseason is too long the way they have it set up right now? Well, what do you think, Coach? Yeah, well, you know what preseason's all about, don't you? It really, it, when when, it, when you played the games originally, it was to take care of pay for training camp. That's really what it was for. Now, yeah, it was to get you ready to play football. There's no question about that. But you can do that in practice. You know, most teams have very little contact, if any. Jerry can tell you that. Very little contact at all. Now, we were different. We, I believed in him because I came from Coach Landry and Coach Allison, and we believed in him back there. But, you know, the, 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 thing, the thing about right, right you know, the players today, um, I, I don't know if they 
I, I say overall, I don't want to say this wrong, but I don't know if they have enough discipline to do all the things to get themselves in the condition they have to be in to play the game of football. It's tough. So the four preseason games, uh, they don't play that much in there. You play probably, probably play about a whole game out of the four or maybe a game and a half out of the four, the starters. But other than that, uh, I, I think it's necessary, but I don't know if you need four. I wouldn't get I, 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 I'm not, I don't have an answer for that. But I know one thing. If you don't hit at all and you have no contact, first time you have contact, you're going to feel it. There's a good chance you're going to get hurt. Yeah, and I, I think the other thing, too, Paige, is these guys stay in shape year-round now because of OTAs and their off-season training program. So like Coach said, in his day, training camp, you needed it to get into game shape. But these guys never really get out of shape, you know. And I think the other thing is you've already figured out your roster. And in this era, you know, except for maybe the back three or four guys on the roster, who's going to make it and who's not. So it's not a big mystery where you need four games to figure out what guys will make it. But it does give the guys, you know, again, at the back end of the roster a chance to play. But I think it really comes down to money. And I'm not sure that the fan gets his, his, his worth for what he pays for a preseason game. And I would love to see it shortened. Why do you guys, the NFL is a copycat league. So why, why do you think now we're seeing so many spread sets and underneath passing games and not a lot of the power run formation or deep shots unless you're Bruce Arians? <laughs> Go ahead, Coach. Just the evolution of the game. I mean, uh, let's face it. If you can, if you can throw the ball or and uh, uh, gain five yards uh, instead of handing it off and asking your line to make perfect blocks and you're back to run for five, why not do it? And I mean, it, it, the personnel packages right now that they use, the movements they use. I mean, it's hard to match up with them. That's why the passing game has become so effective. I mean, I, I can tell you, honestly, in my career. When I first started out as a tight end, uh, Alice flexed me out. I mean, I, I told him, he, he said, you can't get off the line of scrimmage. I said, no, the linebacker jammed me into the defensive end. I can't get off or into the, our offensive tackle. He said, well, why don't you open up a little bit? And then I did, and I had a two-way release. And that, that changed a lot of things for the tight ends. Matthew opened up a little. He did it. You know, There were a few guys who used that. Now you could go inside or outside to get away from that linebacker. Because his job in a lot of cases, I don't care what the defense saw, what his job was not to let you off the line of scrimmage. So, I mean, it changed. Now you go to these spread sets. Now you come to, you're more into a man-to-man situation. I don't care how much zone you play. There's still a bunch of man-to-man in there. <laughs> you're better, your man's better than them. That's basically what you're doing. And it's, it's tough. It probably is. He knows where he's going. Your, your man doesn't know where he's going. So. And I, I think Coach is right. It's I think it's easier to have quality wide receivers than it is to have DBs. And I think when you put these defenses in all of these sub packages, they just can't go deep enough uh, to match up. I think the other thing is this ball out quick philosophy with a short passing game protects quarterbacks. They don't get hit. It's hard to develop an offensive line in today's NFL with the limited on practice time and everything. So all of a sudden, you can make an offensive line look better by a short passing game. And then these receivers, I think yards after catch 
it's such a big deal. I mean, how many times have we seen the Giants where Eli Manning throws a five-yard hitch pattern to Odell Beckham Jr., and he takes it for 50? Well, that's a big play, but it was an easy pitch and catch. And I think these receivers today are so good at yards after catch that that becomes a big part of the passing game. Well, I agree with Jerry 100%. I think one other thing you got to add in there, Jerry, I think the tackling on defense is horrible. Yeah, uh, we'll get to that one, Coach. <laughs> <laughs> so, Coach, you, you coach one of the best, if not the best, running back of all time, Walter Payton. And now the running back position is not the same. Do you both think that the running back position is getting phased out? It's a thing of the past? Or do you see people like Ezekiel Elliott and David Johnson revitalizing that position? I know. I think you, you look at the teams that run the ball, you look at Dallas, and you look at the teams that run the ball, there's a reason they run it. Uh, they got a good running back, but you got you can't ask a decent offensive line to drop back uh, and pass protect 60 times a game. You have to have some running, running game, and you keep the defense in check. You keep them running. And that's basically, I, listen, I, I think, uh, you know, the way they're spread out right now, you know, you can, you can spread them out to the point where if you make your blocks up front, it, this back's going to get to the second level. I mean, that's just all there is to it. So, I mean, yeah, I don't think the running game will ever go away. But I think you're seeing more and more uh, unique things with the passing game. But the running game, I think you have to have a running game. Oh, I agree. And I think you've got to be able to run the ball on first and second down. And I was beginning to think that the running back was a lost art. But now I see these young guys coming into the league. There's three or four this year. Uh, Paige, you talked about Ezekiel Elliott. And I think you have to have that run game not only to give you third and manageable situations, you've got to be able to keep a defense honest, you know, where they can't, you know, crowd the line of scrimmage. But if you can get them to, to sit back and at least honor the run, then that gives you better matchups outside. And I think that's a huge factor. And also, if you don't have a run game, you don't have play action. And play action is a big part of today's passing game, and that comes off the ability to run. Coach, talk about, both of you guys, talk about the tight end position in today's NFL. We t Coach, you brought up you're one of the first tight ends to flex. So now, in a, in a Bruce Arian system, he uses his tight end almost exclusively to block. Very rarely does he even go to the tight end. So talk about the, the tight end position in today's NFL and, and who you really like. Well, I, I, you know, I think what Bruce does with a tight end is fine. I mean, I, there's no problem with that. I mean, you know, you you got that extra uh, lineman that can block, and that's a tight end, and they're going to be more effective in your running game, and they run the ball there. There's no question that they run the ball. They also throw pretty well with Fitzgerald, but I, the tight end position, they're bigger, faster, stronger. I mean, than they were when I, I played or I grew up and, and uh I watched the guys play. We had great tight ends. John Mackey was a great tight end. Ron Kramer, there were a lot of them. But I, I'm saying when I look at guys today, I look at a Jason Witt, I really think he's kind of the ultimate package, really. You know, he does everything really good, not pretty good, really good. You know, he's a good blocker. He, he's really a great guy, a great receiver. I mean, he's a, he has the ability to do, uh, get open. I mean, he has enough speed to get deep. Uh, when you look at the tight end position today, they're just big, fast. They're power forwards in the NBA. That's what they are. And they're good. Yeah, and, and I'll t the other thing, too, Coach, you talked about Jason Witten. You love him because he's a complete tight end. 
And and one thing that I notice now, teams are substituting. Like they have, they'll use an extra offensive line if they want to tight end for blocking because so many of these guys are really receivers and they oh, flex yeah, them and, and they're finesse blockers. Exactly. Guys, let's look back before we look forward. Do you guys think that the way that Atlanta lost that Super Bowl was, was very disheartening and, and, and hard for a team to overcome? Do you guys see the Atlanta Falcons being able to overcome what happened last year and, and, and get back to that, that game and, and, and ultimately win the Super Bowl? Well, that game's over. You can't worry about that game. You learn from your mistakes. You learn from what you did wrong. You learn as coaches. You learn as players. This is what we, we, let, we, we let it get away. We let it get away in this sense. We try to remedy those situations. Now, first of all, to get back in that position again, it's not going to be easy. There's a lot of other teams trying to get in the same position Atlanta's trying to get into. So it's going to be tough. But, uh, you know, you, you, if you live in the past, you die in the past. You, you learn from the past, you learn from your mistakes, and you move on. I think, too, Paige, I, I think that they're a young team with a young coach, and I think that's a real positive. They're going to learn from this, but I think they still have a lot of confidence. In their minds, they know they should have won that game. They let the Patriots come back, and I think it's a team that I look at with a lot of character, a lot of young guys that are going to go to long careers, and I really think they're anxious to get back and prove that that was a fluke, that they're the real deal, and they were all season. So I I really think they'll overcome it, but I think they also addressed it in the offseason. They didn't ignore it. They realized it was a monumental collapse. And I think they, they talked to other teams. They really, really researched it, and I think they really feel good about their ability to move forward. Well, you know, one thing, too, Gary, you know, they're not the only team that's been showing up at the end of the game by doing it. So you look at it that way. You say, well, they should have won, but they didn't win. So that should be motivation for this year. Uh, they have learned from their mistakes, but you don't live in the past. You move on. The whole new season. Nobody, nobody pays attention to that. There was one win last year, and uh, you were the loser. So that's all they they can. I totally agree. Let's talk about, okay, so do you see, let's talk about who we think is going to be in the Super Bowl. So do you think Atlanta can get back there, and, and who do you guys have coming out of the AFC? Well, you know, I don't know about Jerry. Jerry knows a little bit more about it than I do, but the teams that were good last year should be good. I mean, really. I look at teams, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in this, I'm, the Central Division with the NFC. So, you know, I follow the Bears in Detroit and uh, Minnesota and Green Bay. Uh, Green Bay's coach, they got a good football because they got a great quarterback and they got a good coach. I mean, but, you know, it, to, to get that, people say, well, you know, we understand that the goal of every team is to go to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl. But my God, it's not easy. You got a lot of things have got to work for you. Injuries, for one thing, you can't have a lot of injuries to two players. If you do, you're going to be in bad shape. But I, when I look at it, you know, I, I would say that to me, the I'm always going to pick New England first. I just think they're the best third team week after week that I see. And I think that goes to ownership, coaching, uh, quarterbacking, everything else. Atlanta, I like what they did. I like their coach. I mean, this is a team that uh, they didn't do it all throwing the ball. They did, they did a lot of it running the football. They play pretty good defense uh, most of the year. Uh, you know whether they get back or not. You know it's it's not going to be easy. Let's put it that way. 
You know, people say, well, when we won one in 85, people say, well, you but no. <laughs> you're on everybody's uh, uh, target now. I mean, you're, you're right at the face of the target now. So everybody's after you. They're gunning for you. Or we beat you. We're going to beat the team that went to the Super Bowl. So it gets tough. I, I think in the AFC, honestly, I don't see anybody that will threaten New England. I really don't. And, and I've tried to figure out teams that maybe could really challenge them. I think they're going to go all the way again. And I think the NFC maybe comes down to Atlanta returning. As Coach said, Green Bay, Dallas, and Seattle. I think any one of those four teams off the top of my head could challenge in the NFC. But I think New England's there unless something weird happens. Uh, and and it takes, you know, what Jerry's saying is so true. If, if, you get, if you get a team, say, like Seattle, now, Seattle's the kind of team that can probably play New England pretty well. I mean, they, you know, they play a pistol type of uh, defense, and they, they might be able to, you know, get, get them out of, uh, out of sorts a little bit. But uh, I, I look around, and I agree with them. I mean, Dallas is, Dallas is a good football team. A lot of talent, a lot of areas, good quarterback, good coaching. I mean, they got a lot of things working for them. But then you can say that about six teams. Green Bay, New York, I mean, there's a lot of teams like that. Who do you guys like watching? Who is your favorite team to watch in the NFL? We talked a lot about New England, and I and I kind of feel like I might hear that as the answer. Well, well, you hear that? You'll hear New England from me, just because I love how they scheme their different personnel groupings. You never know what to expect. I just I love the chess game that Bill Belichick plays against all the guys he coaches against. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I I, uh, I agree with Gary. It, it would be hard. Uh, I think you look around the league, and if you're going to put that uh, again, I, I keep saying Green Bay. I mean, I, I'm a Chicago fan, but that's because I played and coached there. But they, they've got a ways to go right now. They got to put some people in the right places before they're ready to compete. Uh, but Green Bay to me is interesting. But uh, you know, again, the defense has got to get better. So they, they do some things awfully well, and. Uh, you know, they get there. They're going to be a hard out. There's a lot of great quarterbacks to watch in the league right now, but if you had to choose one, somebody you like watching week in and week out, who do you guys have as your favorite quarterback? Well, Go ahead, Coach. Gary? I will jump in and I will say Aaron Rodgers, just because of how he carries that offense on his back. When he doesn't have much help, uh, he improvises at the line of scrimmage. He does hard counts to draw defenses offside. He does pump fake. He does the back shoulder throw. I mean, he's a magician sitting back there at quarterback. And to me, he does more with less than any other quarterback in the NFL. I agree with that 100%. Okay, this is the last topic. Coach, if you had your 85 Bears defense in their prime and they were matching up with Tom Brady today, how do you think they would fare? We've talked about this one, Coach. <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, our, our defense, people haven't understand, uh, our defense was, uh, it was to come here and stick them. You know, you got to get to the quarterback. you got to be able to pressure the quarterback. It was a pressure deal. That's what Buddy taught. That's what he coached. He was good at it. Uh, you cannot play that defense today because of the sets they have. Teams that hurt us even playing when we lost in Miami the year we won it, they, they went to a three-receiver set. 
we were incapable of covering that slot receiver because we were doing it with a linebacker or safety. And we, we really couldn't do it because our, the whole idea that 46 defense, the Bears defense, was going to attack you. Their, their theory was to get there before you had to do anything. I don't know if you can do that now. First of all, they're going to spread you out all over the field. You're not going to be able to maintain that immediate pressure that, you, that we were getting because they didn't know who they they keep everybody in, and then they wouldn't know who to block. So, I mean, it, it, and, it, 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 defense is outdated. You can't play it anymore. But when we played it, uh, what Buddy's theory was was awfully good. I mean, it was advanced. It was far ahead of what the offenses were thinking because everybody thought, okay, we're going to keep everybody in and protect it. You were dead. The best thing you do is spread it out. And, and like Coach said, I, I think Brady's offense today would be a nightmare for that Bears oh. defense because, like Coach said, you spread them out. But that pass rush would also be a nightmare for Brady, and I think it would be what a game to watch to see if they could get to Brady before he was able to get off a bunch of those short passes. Well, you know, our guys are a little old. They've been a little slow getting there now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're talking about they all I wake know. up if, tomorrow if, and they're 25 years if, old. If the butt candies and that, we know, we've all heard it, but I, I wouldn't trade any defense. Uh, and I played on some good ones in Dallas, and I played on a great one. I played with a great one in 1963 with the Bears. There was nothing like the 85 defense. And the 85 defense was really all to the credit of Buddy Ryan. Uh, not our players yet, but he put the players in the right place to succeed. So it, it was it really was what his doing, not mine. They were the most intimidating defense I ever saw. I remember watching Tony Eason line up in the Super Bowl, and he looked defeated before the game ever started. I mean, when, when you guys played quarterbacks, they were, they were like a deer in headlight looking for that pass rush. I, I agree 100%. He, uh, well, you know, we had a better team than they did that year, but they've had a lot of better teams since. Well, uh, Coach and Gary, I want to thank you guys for, uh, for joining today. And uh, could you guys have any parting thoughts going into the NFL season? Well, it's getting yeah. close, and, and that, that's a great thing. Well, everybody starts zero zero, you know. So I, I think the things that happen, uh, if you can stay away from the key injuries, the key people, especially at the quarterback position, running back position, you got a chance to keep moving on if you're a good football team. But it takes the total package, gang. It's you know you just can't do it because you got a great quarterback or or great running back. You got to have a defense, offense, special teams, offensive line, you know, all that stuff. So. You can't cover anybody, you know. You're going to be in trouble too. So I'm. I, it's going to be interesting. But I mean, you look at the teams that were good last year. Probably should be good this year. I mean, uh, you know, there's I mean, there's a lot of good teams out there. Do a lot of good things. Absolutely. Well, thank you both for joining uh, the show today. Uh, this has been the first episode of the Scout and the Sports page. Thank you for listening.